It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic, and it is our last episode before our extended hiatus. Oh, I'm so excited about summer hiatus. So excited! Ah! We've been recording way too late into the season. And I am VA, and I'm here with Jeff. What's up? And Tim. Hello. So we are here to talk about stuff. Hockey stuff. We're going to start off the episode with free agency, because free agency is stupid. And lots of stupid things have happened. And we're going to talk about all or most of them. So... Yes, boys. Should we talk about the Bruins free agency first, or should we talk about... Yeah, Maisel. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, Bruins came into free agency with a, with a modest to-do list, besides, of course, you know, uh, resigning the th- big three RFAs, that of course, being McAvoy, Carlo, and Heinen, which at uh, this time, none of which have happened. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> um, beyond that, all we knew was that Sweeney apparently intended to be active, interesting, and to be in the goalie market. The idea being is that he needed a, a veteran tweener to, to be the, the third-string goalie because he wasn't confident going into the season with uh, Kaiser and Vladash being, uh, being the next guy up if something happened to Rask and, Halak, and, and or Halak. They attempted that, signing uh, Maxime Legacy Legacy ah. to a um, uh, one-year contract. Two-way. Um, One-year contract, seven hundred thousand, um, worth two hundred twenty-five thousand uh, in in Providence, where he's going to, uh, God willing, spend the season. Wow, <laughs> two twenty-five—that's something. Okay. And he's a minimum guaranteed salary two seventy-five, which means he actually gets two seventy-five in the minors. Oh wow, wow! So that's that's cool. I mean, they had to pay to get him here, right? The guy um, uh, previously, of course, has played with the um, uh, Vegas Golden Knights as their uh, third-string goalie. And he actually spent some time in their inaugural season playing as their first-string goalie. <laughs> yes, he played 16 games in 17-18. Uh, in, um, uh, he went 8-67 in those 16 games. Ouch. And then last year he played one game and went 8-71, but his... His AHL numbers are good, and that's most of what he's there for. And here's the thing is, you never know. Vladarish or Kaiser could look ready in the event we need to deep, go, go that deep on our goaltending, God willing. So, uh, yeah, you know, that did exactly what Sweeney set out to do there. I have no qualms with this decision. It's fine. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Like like Jeff said, he was really good for Chicago last year in the AHL. I think he had like a 914 Save percentage, which is fairly good for the AHL. Yep. Then there were a couple of curious signings. I'll start with the least relevant. Just, just we'll build up to the the ones that we don't understand. Former Vancouver first rounder Brandon Gauntz, a twenty five year old uh, left shot forward, signed for seven hundred thousand. Another two way deal. He's basically been signed to be Jamel Smith. Oh, poor Jamel Smith. Um, who, who at this at this time is currently still unemployed, to the best of my understanding. That's again a two year two way deal. Pays three seventy five at the minors. Really generous in the minors. Holy fuck. Yeah. Well, they. I think that's where they expect him to be. So. Yeah. Uh, there was some other one who's not coming up on cap friendly because I think it was an AHL contract, a defenseman from the who was just off the the uh, Calder Cup winning um, uh, Charlotte Checkers. But he was an AHL signing, whatever. Yeah. I forgot about guns. <laughs> yeah. So now, big club signings. Start off, I guess, with uh, the Connor Clifton extension. Oh, yes. yes. This is such a nice deal. Like, really nice. To be fair, it kicks in after the season. After the yes. season. So, so currently 24-year-old right shot defenseman Connor Clifton, who, you know... Made a statement and is clearly here in an NHL ready, which is freaking awesome because he was on a, a on a, a AHL only deal a year ago. Yep. Got it signed to a three year extension worth a million a year. Kicks in in a year, so we have Clifton for another four years for a combined combined three point seven two five million for four more years. Wow, 
so good. So even, good. Even if he's only like a seventh defenseman, that's beautiful. Yep. Yep. That, that works out pretty well. Likewise, uh, I don't remember if we talked about it on the last show. They re-signed Steve Camp for, for a two-year deal. 800000 a year. You know, if you want to roll eight defensemen, which we know Sweeney does, Camper's a pretty good candidate for number eight. Yep. It's, he can yep. sit for a month and then play well. Yeah, we actually did talk about this last okay. episode. Okay, I couldn't remember. Sorry. Um, I, I only remember because I remember you said it exactly that same way, except less stuffed up sounding because you have a cold. Oh, weird. <laughs> ah, weird. Okay, so... Forwards. Bruins made um, a pair of signings. First one that came out was uh, Brett Ritchie, uh, a right wing, a very, very large right wing to the tune of um, 6'4", 220. was formerly a um, a second-round draft pick for the um, the Dallas Stars. They didn't qualify him, making him go UFA this year at the age of 24. 26, rather. My bad. I can do math. Um, one year deal, one way, one million. I don't understand why. He's not going to first your third, your second line right wing. We already have a perfectly good Chris Wagner and a not all that perfectly good David Backus. Uh, and, so why? What is what is what is what is what does Brett Ritchie do? It only makes sense if someone goes out. <laughs> I mean, like, and by go out, I mean it's like traded. No. It's a guy that had six points in 53 games last season. I, I just don't like the signing. I think it's redundancy. I don't understand it. I know last year I said I didn't understand Chris Wagner or Joachim Nordstrom, and they both at different times during last year proved to me that, like, yes, they should be here. And and, and it all gets the caveat, too. We know that this is the kind of signing that Sweeney excels at. The other examples would be Riley Nash and Tim Schaller. Brett Ritchie. First of all, his his name is Brett. I, I've had enough of Bretts. Sorry, I just I, ah, no Bretts. Okay, you have dog years flashbacks, huh? I, I am. Oh my god! And remember that picture that you like tweeted or something like that last week? Uh, Brett Connolly looks. Even older. I don't know how that happens. He looks older than I do. Oh, he he he, he no fucking around. Looks like he, because he actually does look a lot like Patrick Marlowe, but he looks like he's Patrick Marlowe's dad. I don't <laughs> get it. The guy's not quite thirty. He's not thirty yet. And no, he's oh not. He's the same. He's the same draft class as Sagan and Hall. So he's like 26, 27. I don't get it. I don't get it. But yes, okay, Brett. I just don't like the the name Brett for hockey players. I just think it's wrong, and I also don't like Brett Richie's face. Um, already want to punch it. And then now the biggest affront to me is that he wears number twenty five. And there was that that tweet today that could be a mistake, but it could also be the truth. Son, uh, Sean Hutchin is talking about how. Brett Richie is going to wear twenty five, and no, that is Brandon Carlo's number, and I don't like it. That he's going to have to change that number. Now, maybe Brandon Carlo wants to change to 26 because I know he wanted to be 26, but it was taken and whatnot and so on and so forth and and, and whatever. But no, I like it. I like it the way it was. Keep it. Keep it that way. I'm so Brett, stupid head, Richie. I just don't like him. Get your own number. Uh, on, on the matter of those numbers, it would be noted that it also said that Parlin Holm was going to wear number 22. Not the, a purpose of nothing, but that does happen to be Peter Solarek's number. Incidentally, Peter Solarek re-signed, yes, re-signed yesterday, 700000 at the NHL level, two-way deal, guaranteed 150000 in the minors. But anyway, so the thought maybe is that they're placeholders because they're their old numbers. I don't know. Well, That's what I think. Well, Solarek has also not played 200 games at the NHL level. Also, Yes. And he also so, likely won't for the Bruins, but... Anyway, I guess on that note, the last uh, of the signings was left wing slash center, so left shot forward, aged 27-year-old Swedish forward, Par Lindholm. Signed for... Uh, I forgot about this part. Two years. One way. <laughs> at 850000 a year. 
invisible Swedish guy. <laughs> so in essence, Sweeney went out on July 1st and signed himself another Chris Wagner and another Joachim Nordstrom. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't I don't understand it all. Lindholm should be noted. Last year was his first year in the NHL after having been an undrafted Swedish free agent. Played 61 games with the Leafs, went 1-11-12. It was traded to the Winnipeg Jets, played in four games, and scored, and had one assist. Well. So, I, I, I just want to know why. I know. <laughs> I don't have a problem with either of these signings. I just don't understand. It just seems like these signings are really... Par for the course for Sweeney, though. Oh. Oh. Tim, how could you use this time? This time of distress to throw a butt in there. Oh. Tim, I got to give you big props for how you slid that on in there. Fuck. Oh, like usually, I can tell. I can tell your punts are coming a mile away. I can't tell what they're going to be, but I can tell. But that one, nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, in free agency, they did let Nolachari go. You've been telling me this for months, and it did not feel any better. Did not feel any better when he left on the first day of free agency, signed with Florida Panthers for three years at $5 million total. So 1.667 per and I, I'm glad he's making more money. He seems pretty excited about that. But I, uh, I'm so sad. Yeah, and you know what? It's a shame to see him go. I hate seeing him go to fucking Florida too. Yep. Thank God we're not paying him that. Oh, also, yep. It's, it's the Tim Schaller thing all over again, right? Local boy or localish, not Boston boy, but a neighboring better New England state. Doesn't matter. Pick one. In both cases, it applies. They play well for Boston. They go make way too much money somewhere else. Honestly, it's a pretty good racket. I'm kind of impressed to you, Sweeney. It's a, it's a make-work project for the rest of New England. But, 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 but. So what I'm saying is they're going to – we have to watch for undrafted free agent signing out of, out of Maine. <laughs> I'd say Connecticut, but fuck Connecticut. And who cares about Vermont besides Bernie Sanders? Um, also, yes. And I don't yes, know this is someone from New Hampshire saying that Vermont is irrelevant. Um, I'm aware of what I just said. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be an undrafted free agent signing from Maine, but yes. Also, maybe we'll trade for Brian Dumoulin, and it won't be an undrafted free agent, but... Honestly, Jim Rutherford's drunk enough these days. He probably could and probably could for not very much. <laughs> Uh, Can you please explain to me how we signed a Brett Ritchie for a million dollars? And I bet you, if you said to Nolachari, hey, we'll give you a million dollars, you know, it maybe they would. They they signed Ritchie for one year at one million, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess maybe they didn't want to get into more. He wanted more years. I don't know. Well, there's the thing. Honestly, Richie, I don't see why it needed to be a million. I feel like that should, that could have been league men. Like, he's a reclamation project. Yeah, I, I just... I I am very sad about Noel Achari, and it's going to take me a while to be unsad about it. I already have November 12th circled on my calendar as a game I want to go to so I can see the Noli Noldozer tribute, video tribute. I feel like Brett Ritchie was like literally just signed because he's a big body. I really think that's it. You know what? He may be just sort of a, a meaningless, and he really is just a meaningless uh, throwing a bone to the um, uh, charcoal fucks out there saying that, oh, the Bruins were, were too small. They got, they got muscled. It's like, well, no, they got broken. A big guy is not going to help that. You know, because it's sort of a meaningless, like, here, fine. Eat it up, you chuckle fucks. Now, now, well, don't, now, now just don't cry when I wave him and when he gets waved in November. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of one of those type of things. I really do. And I do suspect he's probably a November or December waiver. Hangs around the margins of the roster doing nothing and then kapoof. All right. Well, 
That's basically the Bruins in free agency. There's one. Well, there's two other Bruins-ish things in free agency. One, Zane McIntyre is no longer a Bruin, as we all knew was happening. I believe it was the was it the Wild he signed with? Or I got that wrong. Oh, I think it was the Wild, but he's closer to home. Yeah, it was not the Wild. Just kidding. <laughs> I really thought it was too. It sounded right. Maybe because he went to North Dakota and it was close. He is. He is. He is a, a minute. He is from Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was Vancouver. Oh, Ooh, even worse. Oh, Jim Benning. <laughs> he'll be starting. He'll be oh. starting there by November. <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, that was a, a one. Year, that was a one year two way. Pays four hundred thousand at the uh, AHL level. Wow, that's good. So we're we're saving like. Twenty. You're saving twenty five thousand dollars of uh, of the Jacobs's money on uh, by going with Legacy instead of uh, instead of instead of Zane. Well, I mean, you know, it just didn't work out. No. Mm, yeah, you know, fucking way she goes. And what was the other one that you were gonna say? Oh, and then Marcus Johansson uh, signed yesterday with Buffalo for two years at four point five million a year. Which that's such a good contract. Holy goddamn shit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I did not like seeing that. I mean, we knew we'd lost him. We knew there was no scenario, even though he was a good fit. It just couldn't happen, right? But to see it go for that cheap to someone as close to us as Buffalo, I'm just like looking at around, it's like the Atlantic is going to be a fucking wood chipper next year. I mean, all the best to Ottawa and Buffalo, who are maybe get participant ribbons. But uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Ottawa, I, Detroit, rather, I should say. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say Buffalo's gonna probably be pretty decent. Yeah, I meant Detroit. My bad. <laughs> I didn't like that signing. This is the thing that I had been avoiding thinking about for a very long time. Don Sweeney's biggest blunder that back is signing. Yep. Yeah. Because he's going to need to move Bacchus to even sign the RFAs, the remaining RFAs. The $10.1533334 million in space is not, is, 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 well, it's almost $2 million less than what we presumed minimum to get the three signed. Yeah. That, of course, being the minimum, always assumed, assumed was uh, six for McAvoy, four for uh, Carlo, two for, two for Heinen. And with Heinen going to arbitration, um, it'll be interesting to see what number both he and the team put forward in arbitration. I have a feeling that that two is going to end up being closer to three, just especially with with what Toronto re-signed Kapanen and Johnson for. I don't think they're going to actually get to arbitration. Uh, yeah, they're not going to get to arbitration. Because we we worried about that with Spooner. Remember that? We were worried about that with Spooner. And then Spooner signed a deal or they came they, they agreed on a deal before they went before the arbitrator. So I feel like it's gonna happen before then, but it's gonna be more expensive because they couldn't get the deal done earlier. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, all all, all him filing for arbitration just guarantees he's he's signed before the end of end of the month. Now the other guys it's a bit trickier neither of them are eligible for arbitration so the only thing that could speed anything up there potentially would be a hypothetical and improbable i said improbable <laughs> offer sheet from mark carlo simply because he's eligible mcavoy is mcavoy is ineligible so mcavoy in the scene is set similar to the kneelander situation last year but i don't think it's going that way it's just that he has essentially no rights carlo has some <laughs> Let me explain why I got upset earlier. Because you guys said, oh, Brandon Carlo's eligible to be offer sheeted. And it's like, oh, that's not going to happen because it's Brandon Carlo. I mean, he's good and everything. And then Jeff goes. A smart GM from elsewhere would offer sheet Carlo because it's more likely that they will allow it to stand in the interest of trying to keep McAvoy. And then I pointed out that we do have a lot of depth defensively in the system. So yeah, for, for the record there, VA, Tim deserves far more blame than me. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> this, this episode, like every other episode, is not called Let's Make VA Really Upset. <laughs> 
that the rules of the game are to not make me upset. <laughs> I know he's not going to get appreciated. I know. It, I know what you're saying. I understand. But it's just like the number change. The hypothetical offer sheet idea from the two of you. It just, it's making my brain hurt so much because I just want my boy to stay here. I want things to stay the same. I just want him to get a little better. That's all. Okay, come on. It's fine. But there is news on Brandon Carlo. Yes, at Bruins Network did tweet that um, I, that he's hearing that Bruins and Brandon Carlo are uh, making major strides. He says uh, they're on the same ballpark on the term, but they're still working on the money and the AAV, which is interesting because usually one's how you play with the other. So how, how one can be fixed and you're still haggling over the other side concerns me a little bit, but like not that much. It makes it sound like they're signing him for less than seven or eight years. Which is interesting because Carlo struck me, struck me as the easy one to sign for eight years. Yeah. Because let's face it, even if he continues to progress, because the kind of defenseman he is, he's never going to be worth more than five million. And I think he must know that too. So you sign him for four or four and a half for a long term. He's not leaving that much cash on the table. I would say that, but Johnny Boychuk got $7 million somehow. Well, that's because after he went over to the, to the Islanders there, he had a, like a monster season, right? Oh, that's true. He became like the, the offensive powerhouse that we didn't know he was. Exactly. So, Well, Carlo did score two goals in the Stanley Cup final. Maybe he's like, you know what? I got this offensive thing down now. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for five to ten goals from him this year. That would be great. All right, so I just wanted to make sure I, I threw that out there, but I forgot about Johnny Boychuk being a different player because he wasn't strangled by Claude's system. And then, unfortunately, he, next year he was strangled by time. Brandon Carlo, like all the Bruins defensemen right now, should be happy that they're not being strangled by Claude <laughs> in his system. <laughs> yes, I, I think so. I mean, he is Claude's kind of player, except that he's a kid. No, oh, he's, he's an extremely Claude player, but yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but anyway, I'm only a little bit worried because I just feel like, oh, okay, so they're looking at like five or six years and trying to make the money work for that. So that's curious to me. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. Maybe they're trying to do some sort of bridge deal with him. And so it ends up being for less than four or five million. And then seeing if they can get McAvoy locked up for longer for more. See, that's the thing, though, is that was always going to be sort of the counterintuitive approach, right? Because the idea is that, uh, again, as I said, Carlo is what he is, right? He's don't, I don't understand it. Anyway, whatever. I, no, I get it. The smart way to do it would be to lock up Carlo longer and then do a bridge deal for McAvoy, especially in two years where you have all that money coming off the books. But I mean, maybe they're doing it the other way around for some reason. I don't know. I mean, there is sort of the angle of uh, McAvoy is the kind of player you commit to forever. And Carlo is uh, is a piece, an excellent one. I'm not criticizing Carlo. I'm just this is the raw facts about who these two players are. Please don't look at me like that. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I feel like we're playing a fuck Mary kill of Brandon Carlo, Charlie McAvoy, and I don't know what other defenseman. So. We're killing whatever defenseman. We're fucking Carlo, and we're marrying McAvoy. <laughs> we don't need to kill. We don't need to kill someone. Kevin Miller's already dead. Oh. Oh. Rest in peace, brother. <laughs> like a horseshoe over every opening in his house. Like, my God. <laughs> no, they'd start falling on his head. And oh, that's concussions. True, true. <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to talk about the latest free agency acquisition by the Brandon Carlos. <laughs> by Brandon Carlo and his uh, girlfriend, Mason. Okay? Because we have, we have to. Yes, her name is Mason. Unless she's pronouncing it differently. It's Mason. Maison? Maison? <laughs> no. No, no. She's, she's from Colorado, I think. And anyway, they have acquired a new puppy who's nine weeks old. Or maybe she's ten weeks old now. And she is a Bernese Mountain Dog named Emmy or Emmy Lou. 
because that was reflected in the change in Winnie's Instagram because I follow Winnie Carlo. Everybody should follow Winnie Carlo, Winnie Bugs. And then it's Emmy Lou. So there you go. That is the latest acquisition. Oh, man. He's from Colorado, isn't he? Yeah. Why? The Avs just traded Tyson Berry. Well, yeah, but that's because they've just be, that's because they just got um, Kale McCarr under uh, contract, and they have Sam Girard, and uh, and just drafted and got the, and got the privilege of drafting Bowen Byram. Oh, that's true. Okay, never mind. And remember, they still ha- and remember that team still has to sign uh, Mika Rantanen themselves, and that's going to be expensive. It's not unusual to hear these rumors about Brendan Carlo and Colorado and all that stuff. It's been going on since his rookie season, really. Yeah. And yes, he's from Colorado Springs, which is like an hour away from Denver or something like that. Just had to talk about that because that is a very important free agency signing or acquisition to me. And and I'm all for the um uh, the, the 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 Bernie's Mountain Dog acquisition. Oh, I'm all for it too. I wish I wish I had the room. No, I mean for that's, one. that's 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 the road I'm going for down shortly, right? So <laughs> I know. I know. I'm I'm jealous and also um I hope you have a good vacuum. Anyway, so if the team wishes to get all those RFA signs, there's the, the cap space issue. Let's talk about what it will take to get rid of the Bacchus contract. Okay, so we have some precedent, and we saw that it took a first-round pick and a seventh to offload one year of the Patrick Marlowe contract. Wow. Ooh. So They got a sixth back, so the seventh doesn't really count, but, like, yeah. <laughs> so do you think it's going to take, like, a first-round a prospect in the system and possibly taking other dead money back like say lower cap hit but higher dollar value dead money oh okay okay so somebody who's cheap who doesn't want to pay doesn't want to pay a ltir candidate for example oh so we're paying for robodas island is what you're saying yeah so like i sort of came to me today is that you know ottawa may have you know done all sorts of things to devour cap space including like Whatever the fuck that trade with Toronto was. Which, incidentally, pause, talk about that. Yes, that trade um, saw Nikita Zaitsev and his terrible contract, along with Connor Brown and his gentle overpayment, going to the Senators in exchange for, for Cody Ceci. So basically, Ottawa gave up one of their problems to take on two of Toronto's problems. <laughs> and then Toronto signed CC to a one-year $4.5 million deal. Yes. Um, and apparently intend on playing him in the top four, which is excellent news for Boston. Tyson Berry is not happy. <laughs> well, Tyson Berry doesn't have to play with Cody Cece. They're both right shots. Oh. It's, it's Jake It's Jake Muzzin that probably draws the, the Cody Cece stick. <laughs> oh, that's, that's tough. Um, anyway, so what I was reckoning is that Ottawa has two guys that are uh, LTI retired. <laughs> Clark MacArthur and um, Marion Gabarik. Marion Gabarik. Yeah, and Gabarik's the interesting one. I wondered what happened to Gabarik. Yeah, after the FNUF trade, he's basically been LTI retired forever. Oh. So he's got two more seasons at a cap hit of four point eight seven five million. But next this season and next, he makes only makes a combined six and a quarter million over two years. David Backus, with a cap hit of $6 million, makes $5 million over the next two years. And he would play. Now, I don't know for sure whether Gabrick's contract's insured or not. If it's insured, it's a non-starter because it costs Smelnik nothing. But here's the thing about Gabrick is he was – guy's pretty injured, always has been. Yeah. Um, to give you, give you some idea, when – let's see. He last played 82 games in 2011-2012. The most he's played since then was 69 games in 14-15. So I have a hunch that his contract, much like, say, Nathan Horton's, wasn't insurable. If that's the case, he costs Ottawa one and a quarter million dollars more over the next two years to do nothing to do for, than would, for, say, David Backus to do maybe something. So I'm going to assume that David Backus does not have Ottawa on his eight-team trade list. 
Oh, you you got to figure that eight-team trade list, which he did recently provide to Boston, almost certainly consists of teams that are all capped out yeah. or wouldn't be interested in him, in his services. That's probably a strategic play. We saw that with Kessel, who had Arizona as the only team that Pen- the Pens would do business with on his list. <laughs> <laughs> so one has to assume one through five were Philly. <laughs> um, honestly, I bet you it was probably like Toronto, Boston... Well, yeah, because I think Kessel couldn't can't legally be traded to Toronto now. Oh, really? Because they have retained salary, or if he did, it would have to be everything going there. Oh, well, that'll be fun to see Kessel in the desert. Anyway, it's just a thought because then Boston can LTIR Gabrick for this season and next. It's not ideal. You run into bonus risks with the <laughs> honestly not very many um, uh, ELCs we have on the team. Really, I mean. Basically, the bonus risks for next year would be DeBrusque, Chara, Clifton, and like if Studnika makes the team. Yeah. Okay, the Chara ones are a bit more problematic because he's almost certainly going to hit some of those. But his base salary is also two million. That's good. But yeah, my point is is um the L- some trading for someone else's LTIR stash might be a mi- might be a little bit of a solution. Oh yeah, yeah. Chara definitely hit some of those bonuses because he one of them's one and a quarter million for a ten games played. <laughs> now there's 250,000 for making the playoffs so he's going to get on one, another 1.5 million that could potentially spill be bonus spillover if we used LTIR with uh in something like this but I think that's how you make a backish trade happen okay, you got to find someone that the dollars and cents and not the cap hit are what matters and you might be able to pull the cost down quite a bit by doing that too because you know Melnick has hands so short he can bear he can scratch his own armpits rather than reach his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> so so you don't think that you could move Bacchus with a prospect and a draft pick? It's hard now, I think. His bonus is cleared, which is great news. So he's paid his bonus, that's it. That make that should make it easier. There's not a ton of candidates, right? You look at the bottom of the of the list of cap friendly. Okay, there's three teams that are still below the floor, but the Avs, which are way below the floor, have to sign Mika Rantanen. Which will bring them up to uh, up above the floor, and the Jets are below the floor, but they have to sign Line A, um, uh, Line a and Connor. What's the difference between the floor and the cap? It's like twelve million, isn't it? No, it's more than that. The floor is uh, sixty million. Yeah, whereas the cap is uh, eighty-one and a half. Okay, so it's a twenty-one and a half million difference. No, it's a six. Sorry, it's a sixty point two, because that's awkward. There's the number we're looking for. 21.3 difference between the cap and the floor. Okay. Now, mind you, there are some other teams that are right down there near the floor. Devils, Jackets, Flyers. I can only imagine, the only team that I can imagine would be on his eight-game list would be Winnipeg, if, if of any of those teams. I mean, I could potentially see the Avs because they're actually a competitive team. Like Jets defense just got decimated. Like they went from having a pretty strong right side to losing both Truba and Myers. Not that Myers is that big a loss, but like still, I mean, he's, he's such a blue jackets player, right? You know, I mean, they got Dubinsky and Felino there. So like, well, yeah, but they're not going to take him on. Uh, All right. Well, we'll have to see what happens with David Backus. We could talk about this forever. And I don't think I want to do that because it's making me depressed in all sorts of ways. (laughs) The problem is the contract, obviously, but it just seems like they they were they're working so slow on it, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's because they hadn't even been able to find anyone, or if it's that Sweeney doesn't want to give up any type of asset to get rid of a contract. I am all for giving up certain assets, and I'm not talking about Zaboral. You know, um, I think there are other assets I would give up to to get rid uh, get rid of that contract. I'd give up. Trent Frederick. I'd be open to Lausanne only because I just don't know where he's going to fit in this uh, in this defense. I don't know if there's going to be room for him. Yeah, like there's only a future for Lausanne with this team if the team doesn't re-sign Krug in a year, and I think they re-sign Krug. Yeah, so it's like I I just feel like you can't have him in the AHL forever because he's got to play at the NHL. He can play he, in the NHL. He's an RFA after next year, so after next year he'll be waiver eligible and stuff. Right, so they, they've got to make a decision on that. I just feel like it's great. You really do want to have all these different assets. <laughs> that's why you have drafts. That's why you. That's how you build teams. But 
this contract, you're never going to get out from under it. And you really need that money right now. Um, and I know I kicked this can down the road for years and years and years, and I didn't want to hear about it. But now it's like, I love you, David Backus, but that deal is bad and, and you're not going to live up to it anymore. Uh, you never did. And it's time to go. It's time to go. And it hurts. It hurts to say that, but that's just how it is. And I mean, the alternative is getting rid of other players that you don't want to get rid of. Oh, yes. Why don't we talk about that? So now, normally you would expect we'd be we'd be here about about to start ranting about people wanting to trade Tory Krug. Those folks seem to be kind of quiet right now, which is odd. But anyway, we'll leave that be. No, no, no. There are certain voices in the Bruins verse that say that now is the time to trade David Krejci <sighs> for cap space. Let's talk about how dumb it is to trade David Krejci. One of the arguments is we can't trade Backus and get a return, so we have to trade. Someone that we, something from a position of strength, ergo David Krejci, which pump the fucking brakes there. Yeah. Top six caliber centers are not a position of strength in this team. This team. It took almost the whole fucking year to find a three C. How are you going to find a two C? I was going to say, I love me some David Charlie Coyle. Holy fuck. Do I really like Charlie Coyle? Charlie Coyle is not a two C. No, 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 no. The only scenario he belongs on the second line is his right wing. (laughs) And here's the thing, too. If you're going to get rid of David Krejci, you need to replace the production. He had 73 points last season, right? And of the players listed on NHL.com as centers, 31 other players had 70 points. I decided to go and look at every single contract for those 31 players, see what the average was. It's $7.799 million dollars so which is saying... actually more than what Krejci makes a year yeah so, uh, Krejci's like 7.125 seven, seven, qu- seven and a quarter yeah oh, okay 7.25 okay okay basically for a second line center we're getting a bargain especially with that point production I'm going to admit this like I've admitted before I don't understand Krejci's game it's not a game unless you're really closely watching it that you understand what's going on or how he gets all those points Okay, but I'm not saying trade Krejci. I'm saying I just don't understand his game, but he's doing fine, so he doesn't need me to worry about it. And here's the thing, too. Not only did he score 73 points, he scored 73 points with no consistent right wing and with Jake DeBrusque playing his off wing for part of the season. Like, what? Only 16 of those points were power play points, too. Like, holy fuck, that is like, I I, I can't, I don't have it in front of me right here, but that has to be some seriously, truly top-rung elite five-on-five production at, what's that, 56 points at five-on-five? 57, isn't it? Did you say he was 73? Yeah, yeah, 57, sorry, yes, yeah. So 57 points at five-on-five. So that's 14 goals and, and 43 assists at even strength. There can't possibly be very many players with better numbers than that. <laughs> there can't. And he has he's signed for two more years. And here's the thing. If you trade him away, you're basically telling Zidane Ocharo that your championship window for the rest of your career basically is done. And you're telling Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand that, hey, we're not going to be competitive and try to win a championship the next couple of years. Good luck telling those players that. You trade David Krejci, there's no scenario you re-sign Tori Krug in a year. Why on earth would he stay? Yeah. Hello? I know people. a lot of people thought that, you know, well, we need to get something for him before he leaves. The business of sport, we'll say. The Bruins are in the NHL to win games. And if you win games, you're going to make more money. And the way to do that is by keeping David Krejci on your team. We, we, we know what happens to attendance for this team when it sucks. <laughs> yeah. It goes down the tubes. It's it's awful. You can't suck in Boston and maintain people's attention because there's too many good teams to to, to keep up with. Seventy eight percent of David Krejci's points were five and five. That's pretty good. That's, That's really pretty good. damn good. Yeah, for a guy who plays both power play and and even strength. Uh, that's that's pretty good. And he's actually healthy this year. He played in eighty one games. It's the first time really in a few years that we've seen fully healthy David. I'm giving him credit for the 82nd one, even though he didn't play because he was just, he was healthy. He just didn't play. And like, yeah, okay, sure. Come playoffs, he only scored 16 or 24, which is not as good as it could have been. But again, right wing, the the right wing problem, right wing problem. And Jake DeBrusque was playing with his eggs completely scrambled. 
if you get a right wing, and I'm not saying let's try this like, you know, this gauntlet of at right wing. If you get an actual, honest goodness, right wing to play with Krejci and they have time to develop chemistry and whatnot, and that whole line is whole. And that and that answer might just be David Pasternak. Bring him down and you have a whole line. Then you will see the real value of David Krejci. I mean, if you don't already see it now, you'll see it then. I just think it's ludicrous to be thinking, let's trade him because, well, we can. And I just want to go back to what you said. We're not trading that Bacchus contract away from a, a position of strength. Our return is $6 million in cap. That's our exactly. return. If not more, depending on what goes in that deal. That's what our that's what our return is. That's that's the goal. Sometimes in business, you just have to take the loss. And the loss in this case is the fact that you aren't going to get anything back for that, anything real. That's just how it is. That's business. It, nothing bad's going to happen. But if you trade Krejci, if you trade Krug, if you trade your best players, this team goes to shit. And who wants to watch that? I didn't watch during those terrible years, okay? I was not a fan of hockey at that point. But it was a miserable fucking time for people. Those two fucking years we shaved, we just missed were fucking miserable. <laughs> oh, my God, I know. It's like I, I came in and the Bruins went to the final. I was just like, oh, my God, this was fantastic. I didn't expect this team to do this year. This this year. And then after they stopped going to playoffs, I was just like, well, this can't be done, can it? you got to be able to go to the playoffs again. And then finally, when they got back, we're all like fucking celebrating, even though they lost in the first round. But it's like, yeah, they got it back. And here's the thing, too. You can't tell a fan base, you can't tell the locker room that a year after being one win away from winning the Stanley Cup, that you're not going to be competitive. You cannot do that. That's absolutely catastrophic, not only to the fan base, but to the team. Free agents, you have to convince free agents to come to play for your team. How many free agents are going to want to play for a team that a year after being so close to winning the Stanley Cup decide to throw in the towel because they needed cap space? That's not going to be a destination for any player. That's some Florida Marlins shit. Yeah, exactly. Don't trade crazy. Don't trade crazy. It's dumb. That should just be the title. Don't trade crazy. It's dumb. Yep. It doesn't make sense. It's I get wanting to get rid of the cap hit, but at the same time, like you need to replace him with someone and you're not going to. It's like the Tuca argument. Sure, okay, trade Tuca. Who do you have to be in that spot right now? Now, granted, that argument has changed somewhat because we actually signed Halak last season and he's got one more year here, so... So that argument did change for for the purposes uh, that it's not a good argument to have anymore. But, you know, it's like everybody was like, trade Tuka, trade Tuka, trade Tuka. You know, it's like Hudobin would have some, like, good good stretches. Oh, he can take over now, and, and then Tuka can go. And it's like, that's fine, but who else do you have down in your system is going to be the backup now? Granted, you can trade goalie for goalie, but no! <laughs> also, what did... Bobrovsky get like eight mil a year or something. Ten million. Ten point five. Oh, oh wow. Oh, that contract is bad. So who would you rather have? Like, be honest. Like, come on. Like, people complain about Tuka's cap hit, but like, I would rather not be Florida paying uh, Bobrovsky, and I'd rather not be Montreal paying Carey Price until Kingdom Come either. I just feel like paying a goalie $10 million is bad. It's just not a good idea. Not for eight years. Seven. Seven. They couldn't sign him for eight. Oh, sorry. I've wrong. It's only 10. My bad. 10 million a year, seven years. All right. Still, that's so much. The, the difference between seven or eight is just one year, and it's still like seven years at 10 million is a huge amount of money. Keep in mind, they don't currently have a backup signed. And they're paying Scott Darling $1.233 million. And they're paying Roberto Luongo just under $1.01 million. Oh. Gets better. Next season, Scott Darling gets paid two and a third million. 
which means that in 2021, Florida Panthers will no fucking around be spending 3.4, 13.4 million plus whatever they're paying their backup next year. Oh, boy. On goaltending. On goaltending. But, yeah, no, Tuca's contract's the problem. My God. Another thing to add to the Bruins' woes is that we have $3 million in dead cap. Yes, we, we still have the last year of Seidenberg contract and the last year of the Matt Bolesky salary retention. Yeah, so it doesn't help when we're trying to sign RFAs that we're trying to clean up the deals in the past that didn't work out. Don Sweeney is going to figure this out. I don't know how he's going to figure it out. But he went to Harvard and presumably has a business degree. And one way or another, he did just win GM of the year. Yeah, and showed up in that schlubby suit. <laughs> like, have we beaten this horse dead about not trading Krejci? And it's a dumb move. Yes, just just to recap, don't fucking trade Krejci. Don't do Dude, it. We finished tenth in the East that way. You become the Minnesota fucking Wild. Don't become the Mild. Oh my God, I don't want to go to that. No. Don Sweeney's degree was in economics. Well, okay. <laughs> I think we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, Bill Belichick's degree is also in economics. Just wanted to point that out. That's interesting. So, yeah, economics. He'll figure it out. He, he will. We get to talk about it. I almost feel bad about saying bad things about him, but he signed a couple bad deals. Let's talk about some other deals that happened. <gasps> Nazem Kadri's not on the Toronto roster anymore. He's not our problem. Now, now I do have to wonder about that trade. So, yes, just to be clear, that trade was uh, sent Nazem Kadri to um, uh, the Abs to the Avalanche in exchange for Tyson Barry and Alex Kerfoot. I believe that was the whole. Tr- oh, and oh, Nazem Kadri. A, 20, a 2020 ra- third round pick and uh, defenseman Calais Rosen, Calais Rosen. Oh! So, Kadri, a tweener defenseman and a third for Tyson Badry with 50% retention. Barry. Yeah, Barry. Yeah. Kerfoot and, uh, and a 2026th. So, I don't really understand this trade, to be perfectly honest from the Av standpoint. Like, they wanted it clearly, it's because they wanted Kadri, but I feel like they overpaid a lot. With the retention. Yeah. yeah. What is our mantra? Stop fucking helping Toronto. Let's that smarmy fuck Dubis squirm in his own juice. <laughs> Stop. Now they can kind of defense. I'm glad the country's gone because I just hate him as a player. Can they kind of defense though, Tim? Tyson Barry and, and Jake Gardner are basically the same player. It's just Barry's on the right side. And then, like, I'm pretty sure Zaitsev to uh, to to, to CC's an actual downgrade. Oh yeah, CC's the literal worst player in. The- <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. They could try to sign free agent Dion Phaneuf again to a much cheaper deal. <laughs> oh my gosh, they have Muzzin, who's good. They still have Morgan Riley. I still think it kind of helps them getting Tyson Berry. I know they were pretty excited about it. Well, yeah, and and Alex Kerfoot's a real good get, actually. You know, it was two seasons in the league, forty-ish, forty-ish points both seasons, and then they promptly re-signed him to a a pretty spiffy deal. His name just bothers me for some reason. I don't understand why. Yeah, there's something funny about the name Kerfoot. It is. It's a funny name. And honestly, Kerfoot seems like the perfect Avalanche player just because they used to have that foot logo. They do. They do. It's like a, a shoulder patch. Oh, is it still a shoulder patch? Yeah. I love that logo. Yeah, they still have it. So short-sightedly, i just just glad the cadre's gone. But of course, you know, Joe Sackick basically when asked about how he was going to uh, basically keep cadre under control, his response was, don't play Boston. This checks out. Keep them under control in the playoffs, I guess, or something. Don't play Boston. And that's like, oh, okay, cool. That sounds great. (laughs) Can't wait till they both make the Stanley Cup final next year and he's suspended again. (laughs) 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 See, in terms of other prominent contracts, Robin Lehner unexpectedly signed with Blackhawks for one year, five million. 
That's a really good deal. What that means is that Corey Crawford has to be done. He has to I, be. I think so. More interestingly, how did they end up with them when, like, Edmonton and Calgary basically just swapped shitty starters? Yeah, I, when I saw that Mike Smith was uh, with Edmonton on uh, July 1st, I was like, what? Then Cam Talbot signed in Calgary. Now they're both going to be backups, probably, to the not really experienced enough for us to know for sure what he is, Dave Redditch. And... We know what he is, and it's not good, Miko Koskinen. Respectively, <laughs> <laughs> but like oh. that was that's a weird fucking thing. Battle of Alberta makes no sense to me, mostly because like, why does anyone care about either of these teams? On the other hand, though, Calgary does have some pretty good deals because two of those players in my whole research were Lindholm and Moynihan, and those are some. Good contracts. Moynihan or Monahan? Monahan. And well, that's because Lindholm doesn't play center anymore. He played right wing. With, uh, he played on Monahan's wing, the opposite oh. side from Goudreau. Anyway, I'm trying to think. Well, oh, Artemi Panarin ended up with the Rangers. I knew that was going to happen. Which is funny because everyone in the media is like, oh, Rangers unexpectedly came out of the woodwork at the end. It's like, no, there was always hints of Rangers before. You just like got so obsessed with this double Russian whammy in Florida that didn't happen. Okay, one, Panarin said he wanted to go to a place that had nightlife. Two, he said he wanted to be near somewhere with the ocean, near water. And three, the Rangers put up a graphic a couple of days before, but within the, the free to tamper period. Right? They put up a graphic on their Jumbotron that says, Welcome Artemi Panarin. And I was like, Well, that seals the deal. He's going to the rags. And then the night before, you heard that he was going to the aisles. And I was like, I, I don't know if I believe that. I, I really feel like it's the rags. And then Phony's like, How? And he's like, How do you think it's the, why do you think it's the rags? I said, Gut feeling. Speaking of the ring or of the Islanders, they signed Semyon Varlamov to four years at five mil a year, which is awful. It ain't great, especially when you let Laner go for one year in the same average annual. Oh yeah, I oh god. Never mind the fact that like no one should be paying Varlamov to do anything because like he's a piece of shit. He, yeah. He's an abu- He's an abuser. So fuck that guy. I'm trying to find a tweet. Sorry guys. I wanted to point out that I knew this whole thing about Panarin because I did. I we did. believe you. <laughs> I know, but I feel like I need to show people that I knew this. I, I do have to say I have to give the aisle some credit. They did manage to keep all three of their other big four, you big big UFAs. They got a good deal with Everlay. I think they overpaid with Nelson and probably Lee, but whatever. Yeah. Sound. Who cares? <laughs> okay, somebody put out a tweet that said, you know, let's hear what your free agency predictions are, right? And, you know, the top one was Panarin, and I put N-Y-R. And this was June 28th. June 28th. I had that. I had it down. I got, like, everything else wrong. But I had that one. <laughs> oh, no, I got I got Bobrovsky. I got that. That was, that was easy. But everything else I pretty much got wrong. But, yay, I got two Russians. <laughs> also a bad deal. Also... Matthew Shane's deal is actually relatively good. Oh, but it was the final nail in the coffin for my Preds fandom. Sorry. I just, I'm looking for another team. Let's see. The Stars became that much more easy to hate because they signed fucking Corey Perry. Oh, God. So gross. They also signed Joe Pavelski, which makes me sad because I really like Joe Pavelski, but he's on a team with Corey Perry, so fuck him. Yeah, fuck that shit. Mm -mm. No more Captain America for you. And, uh... Uh, Vancouver overpaid Tyler Myers <laughs> <laughs> because you know Jim Benning gonna gonna bim Jenning. <laughs> oh my god, we could have son. Uh, we could have son Dweeney. <laughs> Dweeney. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm honestly glad we don't have Sun Dweeny. <laughs> would it be Sun Dweeny or, Dwe- or, 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 or Swan Dini? Swan Dini. No, no. no. <laughs> well, that sounds like a magician. <laughs> the great Swan Dini. Instead of Swingies, it's the great Swan Dini. What can make this Bacchus contract disappear? 
I mean, he may actually be a magician if he makes that happen. <laughs> so, so how bad was the overpay on Tyler Myers? I, I kind of didn't pay attention to that because it was it was much less awful than it was expected to be. Killers <laughs> talked that he was going to get eight million a year or some shit. Oh my god! Oh god! No, he got six over six. Oh, okay. Ooh. All right, six by six is still a real lot for. With an O, with an MC, of course, too. By the way. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, he goes to the Shia, the the Shirelli school of contract <laughs> negotiation. Is that like Trump University? <laughs> they might have gone to Trump University, both of them. <laughs> Bankrupt the teams. Yes, do it. So, so incidentally, they have about it appears approximately forty defensemen signed next year. <laughs> Alexander, Tyler Myers, Chris Tanev, Troy Stesher, Jordy Ben. Oh, yeah, they signed him. Quinn Hughes, Oscar Fantenberg. So he's like some sort of grouch sport um, pop. I don't know. Alex Biega, Guillaume Brisbois, Ashton Sautner, whatever the fuck that is. Josh Tevez. We're in a Brogan Rafferty. That's not a real name. That's oh. like it's like a character in like a Dashiell Hammett novel. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Vc ended up in Buffalo after all, which is kind of hilarious. The second time they traded a third for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you seen that new feature in Cap Friendly where you can actually look at the depth? I have. I think they launched that back in a while ago, but um, it was sort of pretty quiet. It's a neat feature. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, they basically played it up a couple of weeks ago or something. I like it. I really do. because that... I think it might have dropped in March. but uh... Well, maybe they were doing a beta on it or something. They, they basically last, or not last week, but a couple of weeks ago said, hey, take a look at this on their Twitter feed. And it's like, oh, and I looked at it. It's great because you can see that the person's a left shooter. You can see their age. You can- and you can chase it all the way down, include all the way into people's on the reserve list. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like it has, it's, it's the only list that has absolutely everyone on it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. It's so great. It, everybody should take a look at that. You should bookmark it. Keep looking at it. Yeah, so I, I really love that feature. Yes. I don't know if we ever said this, too. Jason Spezza ended up in Toronto as well. All right. Yeah, that. I had no idea that he was so old. So is that funny? He's like 37. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he was drafted, like, right after um, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk. Like, second overall in that draft. Wow, that's a long time ago. Speaking of old, Brett Connolly signed a four-year deal worth $14 million with Florida. Oh, yeah. Florida is taking on all of our, like, uh, former players. Of course, they have old friend Frankie V down there already, so, yeah. <laughs> they also signed Anton, Anton Strawman to three years and 16.5. Yeah, I saw a lot of people saying that that deal is probably pretty bad, which is true. Which is kind of funny, because I remember when people signed, when he signed his last contract, everyone's like, oh, this deal's amazing! But that was also, like, six years ago. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, somehow or another... Time moves in one direction. Uh, well, and, and Dan Girardi, is he still, is his corpse still floating around the ice at, in Tampa Bay? Nope, his contract expired. He has not been extended. They extended Braden Coburn. They let the other two UFAs in Strawman and Girardi go. Girardi has not been signed. Yeah, well, corpse. <laughs> Indeed. Um, Gustav Nyquist ended up with Columbus. That's interesting. They don't really have much else going on there because, uh, you know, they got decimated. Although, some of the interesting names, there are some interesting names that are still out there. And one of them, relevant in this case, would be uh, Ryan Zingle, I believe, has not signed. Nope, he's a free agent still. Columbus still has a lot going on. They've got, like, Atkinson, and they've got uh, Dickhead there, what's his name? Uh, Anderson. Yep. And, um, you know, uh, all right, those are the two I can name, but, you know. Dubois, another dickhead. I mean, they they got they've got players. They just don't have Panarin or Bobrovsky anymore. Their their goaltenders are like literally one one guy's name is the corpse of Sallow. Close enough. I don't care if it's wrong. I did ah, that on purpose. Ah, corpse Sallow. <laughs> right. Okay. It's another one's an Elvis impersonator. Oh. Who's literally named Elvis? Yeah. I mean, there you go. But I mean, <laughs> the the uh, Nyquist deal is four and twenty two. That's actually not that bad. 
Honestly, like there aren't a lot of true head shakers that were signed to the ever signed in free agency this year. Like, like I mean, obviously some of them are some of them make you wince, like that, like that, like that Brandon Tanev deal. But like, yeah, eh. the Wayne Simmons deal was actually really good for New Jersey too. Oh yeah, one year, five million for Wayne Simmons to New Jersey. The money's a little steep considering how little he's likely to bring, but it's only a it's only a year, so fuck it. I think that Jersey is like I think Jersey's trying to work on something else and they're trying to get fans in. They're trying to appeal to people who maybe didn't watch hockey before. You know, you started with getting Taylor Hall, brought in PK Subban who brings in all sorts of fans. You know, Wayne Simmons is just adding to that. You know, I just I think that team is gonna be so fun. Oh, you got Jack Hughes. Come on. This is gonna be a fun team. Nikki Hashi is already great, so like that's that's it'll be an inter- very interesting team. Yeah, he's here. Yeah. <laughs> we have a German name. Have it look less French. Sorry, it's just the way it is. You know how I am. I'm the pedantic linguist. David Warsawski got another contract. Uh, okay, okay. Let's guess. Let's guess. Um, stars. No pens. Yep. It's not. It's not the first time he's been a pen, but the last couple of years he was in uh, he was in Colorado, or rather, I should say, Colorado's affiliate, so San Antonio. It's a two year deal worth one point four total, so seven hundred thousand a year. Mm, that guy, poor guy. I liked him for a little bit. Sky Wars. Wars of Sky, yes, yes, Sky Wars of Sky. Another member of the tribe. Yeah, so he was previously a Penguin for fifteen, sixteen, and sixteen, seventeen, and then spent two years with the Avs. Yeah. Didn't he originally come from the Pens? No, he originally came from the um, St. Louis Blues in the trade that we're in the cap dump trade of... Um... Sabaka. Yes, 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 Vladimir Sabaka, yeah. Thank you. Hey, I wasn't even watching then. I just I just remember one time Bruin that became a Blues player. And that's when I, that's what I came up with. And was one of the pieces of, you know, driftwood they traded for Ryan O'Reilly. <sighs> Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, fuck you, Ryan O'Reilly. Indeed. All right. Oh, McElhaney ended up in Tampa. That means the end of Portland Pirate great Louis Domingue. Yeah, I saw something something that Louis Domingue might be available now. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Meh. I just like him because he's a Portland Pirate great. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Can I just say one thing? Okay. I I wanted to say this. I had said this earlier in our, our little message before. I know that my being upset about Nolachari going to the Panthers and not being on the Bruins anymore seems stupid on, on one level because people will go, he's a fourth liner. He doesn't have that much value. But as a fan, you want to have members on your team that are fun, that are fun to watch. The, the people who make you want to watch for whatever reason. Like, for me, it's like, Nola Charney's from Rhode Island. How many other Rhode Island players, like players who, who were born in Rhode Island, are there in the NHL? I don't know. But I know that we had one on our team. It was Nola Chari. And he, and he played the way play, fans like to watch, but clean and actually effective. Right, right. Not a dirty player at all. Very clean, hard-hitting just fun. Lots of fun. That whole fourth line has been fun ever since he's been on it and Sean Corrali and, and Wagner, Nordstrom, Scheller, any, you know, insert other person on the other side. That that line's been really fun. I have a suspicion the reason that fourth line keeps being good is mostly Sean Corrali overall, but you still got to give him give him useful players around him. <laughs> right, right. Well, no, he's the heart of the line. I, I get that. Yeah. That line played differently when he was before, when he was out and then when he came back in two different yeah. scenarios but my point is, is that you want to have players that you connect with on some level that that are fun to watch that makes it fun to be a hockey fan it is very easy to go i only like sydney crosby it's very easy to do that it's very easy to love the stars everybody loves patrice bergeron if you don't love patrice bergeron i'm going to ask you what's wrong with you as a bruins fan but my point is this it's like we have so many contentious things about players like, oh, trade this person, trade that person, or that person's not playing up to whatever. It's great to have players who are just fun to watch, that you enjoy. And that is why it makes me sad, because Nolachari was part of that experience for me. And now 
He's down in Florida, and I will enjoy when he comes back to town. I will still enjoy his exploits. I'll still follow him on Instagram. But I'm just sad. I'm sad, okay? I just, I, I know some people look at hockey a certain way, and they don't really enjoy the players so much. You know, you can enjoy winning. You can enjoy scoring. You can enjoy so many different aspects of the game. But it's just fun sometimes to just have a player that you're rooting for because they're fun to watch. And that's that's my thing. I wanted to say that. And, and yes, I get it. It's a business. It's a business. There's no sense in being upset when somebody moves on, especially when they get a better contract and all that stuff. But it's just sad to me because that experience that I had before is going to be different now. That's all. Me being sentimental, but that's just how it is, guys. I get that. Yep. So when you said Portland Pirate great Louis Domingue, that reminded me. We'll have one-time fourth-line great Nola Chari to remember. Yeah, I guess there are certain players that I like gravitate towards and know they're never the stars. They aren't. I mean, I love Patrice Bergeron and Zdeno Chara. I love all of those guys. But they're easy to love. It's harder when you're getting more into the depth chart. And you just have some irrational love for certain players. And I don't think it's wrong. I'm just going to miss Nolachari. That's all. I still have Sean Crowley. You will. And and then and, uh, and, and, and soon enough, you'll still have, have, uh, have, have Brandon Carlo. I know, despite your threats of offer sheets, he better keep wearing 25, damn it. <laughs> okay. I think we should probably wrap things up before I get mad. <laughs> Uh, yes. So, listeners, I just uh, want to thank you for, for sticking with us through this. What was, was this season four? Uh, yes, this is season four. And season four will resume in September with the preseason. Because those of you who, who may not have been listening this whole time, we take the summer off. Sometimes I post stuff, but this summer I really need to take the summer off. And but we'll be back in September to talk about preseason and the team. And we will have our own little preseason because it'll take us a while to warm up. And then, officially, in October, we will be starting, barely on topic, season five. Season five, guys. It's amazing. I didn't think that we'd get this far, you know? But, think yeah. of it. Think about how many sharks we get to jump next season, guys. Be ready for it. It'll oh, be wonderful. <laughs> in season five, the shark jumps us. <laughs> I'm, you know, I have some, some ideas up my sleeve. I'm going to try some new things for next season, but I have to work on them this summer. That's why I need to take the time off. So wanted to take that moment seeing as we're going to be on radio dark for a while to thank all you fans for, for listening to us, uh, through, uh, an interesting diversity of four seasons thus far, <laughs> <laughs> both in terms of the show and in terms of the Bruins, because these things are intrinsically linked. And so. This has been Barely On Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you like us, give us a follow. Rate us some stars, write a review, and tell all your friends. The more listeners, the better. If you want to talk to us, you can reach us on Twitter at Barely On Topic or on Facebook at Barely On Topic Podcast. And, of course, we'll all still be here on our personal Twitter accounts. I, for one, am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I'm at Send Us Some Postcards. Also known as at VA from RI. Tim. Word. Hiatus!